0: There is a gap between between what you want the work to look like and between what actually happens. And too many people stop when they see that gap.
1: Welcome to This Mom Knows. I'm your host, Jenny Wren. One of my favorite things to do is take pictures, especially of my kids. Today's guest, Meg Kelton, knows all about that, and I am looking forward to introducing you to her. As always, you can find links and resources at thismomknows.com slash podcast. Helton is a mompreneur in Arizona. She has four kids and she's the genius behind Snap Happy Mom. She bought her first nice camera so she could take great photos of her kids, but like so many of us, was overwhelmed with all the settings. So she decided to master her camera and now she teaches other moms how to do the same. Taking pictures is one of my very favorite things, so I'm excited for today's conversation. Welcome, Meg. Thanks, Jen.
0: Happy to be here.
1: Well, well, let's just start with some general get to know you questions that covered a lot in the bio. Um, but why don't you tell us you know, where you grew up, maybe how long you've been doing photography, things that you enjoy doing with your family for fun, some general things like that.
0: So I actually grew up in Wisconsin, which I found out Jen lives very close to where I lived. And we now live in Arizona, which is a very different climate than Wisconsin. I have my husband and four kids and they go boy, girl, boy, girl. We, um, let's see, we like to do lots of things, but we, I, I especially have a lot of readers. My my kids got that from me. We are a creative family and we love to read and do art and play games and those type of things. We're also Suns fans. And by the time this posts, we'll know if the Suns won or lost the championship <laughs> game. I don't know yet. Um, so yeah, so I got my first camera in college and I got it. And I had thought that it would magically take amazing pictures. And when I was in college, this was before the first iPhone was released. So I didn't have a smartphone. I had a flip phone that did have a camera, but it was like one megapixel type camera. (laughs) And um, I had always been interested in photography and knew that I needed a nice camera to do that. But I was somewhat frustrated when I actually had a camera and it did not do what I expected it to do. And so I eventually learned and figured it out. And now I teach moms how to take better pictures of their own kids, because although we have smartphones, a lot of people still want the power that a DSLR camera can give you. And there are many things that it can do that a a smartphone cannot. And so I teach moms how to take better pictures of their kids.
1: That's great. So when you got that first camera... Um, I'm suspecting that you're younger than me. And so your first SLR was probably an actually a digital SLR and not a film one. Is that correct? My first digit? Yes. My first okay. camera was a
0: DSLR. However, I have shot film. And that's actually funny that you mentioned that because I when I teach my classes, there's some lingo that is actually like a pullover term from from the film age. And I always say, if you're older than me, you know what this means. But if you're younger, you've probably never heard of this word. So I have shot film, but I was right kind of on the verge of digital cameras were just getting really amazing. And I did not shoot film for very long.
1: Okay, yeah, that's why because my first SLR was film. <laughs> so I'm like,
0: digital, and now, changes everything. <laughs> and now most everyone only realizes only uses the term DSLR because they don't right? realize that an SLR did exist before digital. Yeah. And
1: where would you develop film anyway? I mean, like, Uh, that's, I don't even know. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Oh, so you got it. And your impression was, I have this tool, it will do these great things. As opposed to, I've got this tool that I need to learn how to use in order uh-huh. to do these great things.
0: I, I would agree with that. I think most people expect that. And that's I think so. Why I have a market. Um, yeah. Is that we believe that the tool is the thing that takes the pictures. And in reality, the photographer is the one taking the pictures. And that person, a good photographer, could take great pictures with any kind of camera. Yeah. And you have to put in some effort to learn the tool that you're choosing to use. I actually knew this question was coming. And so I have this quote that I love from Ira Glass. And it talks about that people who are creative, people who get into creative work, they get into it because they have a good eye, because they have good taste. But when they first get started, their work is never as good as their taste. Mm. And there's this gap. That's what the quote is. It says, there is a gap between between what you want the work to look like, and between what actually happens. And too many people stop when they see that gap. And they're like, nope, it's not as good as I want it to be must be an issue and I'm done. And instead, like you have to spend the time and the effort to produce work to allow your skill set to rise to where your taste is, because your taste is still good. Like your work has potential. Mm -hmm. But The pictures you're taking when they're not good, it means you need to practice and take more pictures to get to the point when like your skill set catches up with what you can envision in your head. And I'm sure you could post that quote in the show notes, but it's so good because it just talks about like, if you're starting taking pictures and you're not happy with them, that's fine. In fact, that's completely normal Mm -hmm. (laughs) to not be able to work your camera. And it just is, as you get better, you're your skills slowly catch up and then you can finally kind of execute what your ideas are. But that doesn't happen unless you put in a little bit of effort.
1: Right, right. And that's true with so many things, right? We like, you think I'm going to run a marathon, but no, you've got you've to get your skill and ability up to the point where you can do it. And it doesn't happen overnight with any of these things. So that's a, that's a totally really good normal. reminder.
0: It's totally yes. normal to be a beginner. Yeah. And too many people are like, that's too hard, I'm not going to do it when you just have to put in some consistent small effort and then you'll get there.
1: Yeah, and sometimes you don't even realize you've transitioned from beginner to intermediate. It just, it's when you look back and you go, oh wow, look look how things have changed that that you really discover that. So that- And I think
0: your taste also expands and evolves and you start to recognize where you want to be better in your pictures. And so maybe at first you're just like, I'm just trying to get a not blurry picture. I just want a picture that, that my my child is looking and it's not blurry. And as you get better, you're like, oh, I could have used the light differently in this way. And oh, I could have composed the camera and the picture in this way. And it wouldn't have been as distracting, or it would have been even Mm -hmm. stronger if they were facing to the left instead of straight on, like your, your taste will improve as you practice. And I think Mm -hmm. that's true with almost all creative work.
1: Yes. Yes, that's great. So it seems like a lot of times people will say, Oh, you have a nice camera, you take the pictures. <laughs> that does not like we talked about. It's not the tool. It's it's using it properly. So how did you eventually learn to use it and understand all of the settings? Because there's a lot of combinations of things.
0: There there are. Um, so I got my first camera during college and I used it on auto when I used it because I could not understand all of the different pieces that went into manual mode. And I think that's very true for most people, at least in my experience as an educator, that it feels like a, a fire hose of information when you try and learn all of those at once. Cause I remember, cause my uncle tried to teach me and I was like, I'm completely overwhelmed and I'm going back to auto. And I think you just have to hear things several times and in several different ways. And you have to recognize that, um, you can improve one thing at a time. I think that's one of the best ways to mm. learn is kind of taking your own little before and afters of change, take a picture, change one thing. How did that change your image? Like how, how did that affect your image so that you can really cement them into your brain? Um, I did a lot of research myself. Blogs were just kind of barely starting then. And I read a lot of like really tech, techie, Male-oriented photography blogs. Yeah. I took a single photography class in college, like Photo 101, um, and I'm mostly self-taught. But now that I'm a photography educator, I I'm starting to create the classes and the the tools that I wish were around when I was learning. Yes. Because I remember how hard it is to remember what aperture does and how it affects the light and what the heck is ISO and why is depth of field important. Like I remember all those things and I remember how hard it was to learn them. And so now I've created some products and courses trying to fill the gap that I wish had been around when I was learning.
1: Yeah, that's excellent cuz yeah, I'm always like is the big number a smaller circle or a bigger circle? You know, there's like some
0: things that are just not intuitive about <laughs> right. photography. But the other trick is there's no right and wrong in photography. Mm-hmm. There yeah. really isn't. It's all subjective and it all just it can all shift. There's no, like, here's the recipe that you start with and it will work in every situation. You Mm -hmm. always are kind of shifting and decide, like, even if you change where you're standing, you might have to adjust your settings. Mm -hmm. And so you do have to get to know them. But I, I think that as you practice and give yourself permission to take a lot of subpar photos, that it becomes second nature eventually.
1: Yeah. And that's a really good point, the practicing, because We, we globally pull out our cameras at special occasions, important events, and then we're frustrated because we didn't get the pictures we wanted. And, but we're not practicing. We're not getting ready for taking the pictures that we want. So, um, I think that's a really good, good reminder (laughs) that it does take some practice and not just, you know, in real life at the moment that we don't want to miss.
0: That's actually something that I recommend is, um, is like sitting on the couch with your camera and let your kids play and just sit there and take pictures without ever asking them to look mm-hmm. or without ever like saying, say, geez, like just practice and see if you can adjust your settings. If you point in one direction or change and point in the other direction, like practice without the um, the pressure of yeah. getting the moment or take your, ki- your kids to, you know, the park. I have mostly young kids. And so like, let them play at the park with ever like asking them to pose and just see if you can get faster at changing settings on the fly. Because now I don't even look at like my camera buttons. I can change them, but that has taken practice and that's something that you can practice. I actually have even told people like take a doll or an apple and go put it on the fence and go put it on the chair and go put it in different situations and just allow yourself the grace of you're going to take some subpar photos and eventually you'll get better and better, and it's less about luck and more about planning.
1: Yeah, that's great. So so now that we've talked about getting to know your camera, let's talk a little bit about taking pictures of, of kids. Um, so I am, I'm very fortunate. I'm one of the few – well, not one of the few. I don't think it was as common. My mom and dad, pictures were important, and they took pictures of everything from us baking cakes to – the big significant moments and this was back when you had to pay for not only film and developing but flash bulbs. (laughs) so (laughs) it was it was a commitment to take pictures Uh, but we have digital so we have them on our phones there's no barrier to taking pictures anymore Um, what do you recommend that we as moms try to make sure that we document what are those moments that are that are important and free for us to do
0: well, you mentioned milestones, and I think that's the gimme. Everyone is like, oh, this is their second birthday. going to take a second birthday picture. And so those ones are, in a sense, easy to do. And I think most people are already doing those. But I would say that you also take pictures of your routines, of your habits, of the things that you love about your kids that also only you can really be witnessed to, because I'm also a professional photographer. Like I take family pictures for people, but there are, and I want people to pay a photographer and take those pictures. But I also know that life through a mom's eyes, she can't always invite a photographer into her home Mm -hmm. to kind of witness those moments with her. Like if you're talking sleepy Saturday pancake making, like that's something you can, Can document that you would probably not invite a photographer in, or what is your child's favorite stuffed animal? And do they cuddle it a certain way at night and go in there after they're asleep and get a picture of those moments that you love and of the things that make you feel something? Because I think too often, now that it's so easy to take smartphone pictures, I think too often we're just like, hey, smile at the camera, smile at the camera over and over and over. And we forget the beauty of just an unposed moment or of without uh, the subject, even looking at the camera of them, you know, reading a book to their sibling or smiling or hugging with, with their, their family members. Like I think we forget that photography can make you feel something. And that's what I would recommend going and trying to make sure you capture is the moments that you don't want to forget Mm -hmm. and that matter just to you. It doesn't have to matter to anyone else. Like those routines and those habits and those things about your kids, like their signature smile, go capture those things. Yeah,
1: yeah. I had a friend recently post a picture on uh, Facebook and she said, I wish I could freeze time and keep him seven forever. And it was a great picture of her and her son. And I said, you just did, you took a picture. And I think that's... um, That's an easy way. Yeah. Those moments we don't want to forget. Take a picture.
0: (laughs) Yeah. And you can use it for lots of things that you um, maybe need to declutter your house. You can take a picture of those things. Yes.
1: (laughs) Yes. Yes, absolutely. So how long in to owning your camera was it before you decided that, you know, you wanted to turn this professional and um, and start, you know, make this a business, be a photographer?
0: So I had my camera for a couple years that I kind of spent learning it and getting really confident so that I could use my camera quickly and, and without fiddling with settings, without trying to just be lucky about getting good pictures. And then I started shooting for, for my friends and my family members, like when my sister was getting married or when, and so we started t- I started taking pictures for them and realized that I could have a business. And, as a, as a service provider, as a photographer. And as I started doing that, it was really funny because with my friends, they would come and I'd take pictures. And at the end, they would say, can you teach me how to use my camera? Because I don't even use it. It just says sitting in the laundry room in the box. Mm -hmm. And I realized that there was this gap of a lot of people at the time, because remember smartphones were not good yet, bought cameras, but then got frustrated very quickly. and so all of my friends, all the people I was shooting for were also asking me to teach them how to use their cameras. And that's when I saw this, a gap that I could fill and something that I was really passionate about helping moms learn how to use their cameras because I wanted them to be able to get those moments that only they can take pictures of.
1: Yeah. So were you a mom when you started to do that or, um, so, Did you start doing photography and then you became a mom?
0: So I was a photographer before I was a mom. Okay, barely. Kind
1: of and then
0: after my daughter was born, I started my business, which is called Snap Happy Mom.
1: Okay. And side note, if I could go back and do anything over again, in fact, I had even mapped out a business one time. It's it's your business. I would do what you are doing. <laughs>
0: so awesome. it's a good it's a good business because there is no lack of market. Yeah, Every mom wants good pictures. Right, right. And then- actually, and I think this is fair for your listeners, is it's okay to shoot on auto as long as you need to. Mm-hmm. And if you're not ready to learn how, just wait. That's fine. Mm-hmm. But when your pictures start to, when your taste outweighs what your pictures can give you, when you're starting to say, I wish my camera would do this, or I wish the flash wouldn't automatically pop up. or it didn't capture it the way that I envisioned it. That's when you know that you're ready to invest that, that time and energy and possibly money and actually learning it because it will all go over your head if you're not like invested in learning. Yeah. And um, but when you're ready that there's a world of creativity available to you for learning how to use your camera and taking Yeah.
1: And that's a good point because it can it takes a little bit to get comfortable holding a camera like that and then adding the features and other things. So that's a great point. Just get comfortable holding it. Yeah. Don't be sad about shooting in auto. If 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 the question
0: is getting the picture in auto or fiddling with your settings and possibly missing it, shoot in auto. That's fine. But dedicate some other time to learning that isn't the pressure of missing the cake shot or whatever it is.
1: Yes. So as you grew your business, as you added children (laughs) to your family, uh, what was the hardest part of balancing, you know, being mom and an entrepreneur?
0: I'd say the hardest part is still recognizing that balance doesn't really exist. (laughs) At least for me, Mm -hmm. it's recognizing that even if I find kind of a good routine for a little while that then a nap gets dropped or then school starts or starts or whatever it is, Um, just that recognizing that it's always going to be a juggle, that it's not that that um, that balance. Isn't in the course of like a day or even maybe a week that balances always kind of feeling like you're being pulled from one thing to the other thing and just trying to be at peace with that, trying to be a good mom when I'm in mom mode and trying to be productive and when I'm in work mode and just being at peace with the fact that it's going to be hard.
1: Yes. I also yes. think it's,
0: it's choose your hard. Like I want to be working, I want to be using my creative brain and doing this and it's something I love. And I think I would also be choosing a different heart if I chose not to work. And so.
1: Yes. Yeah. That's a great one. And and so what have you done to, I mean, you've made peace with it, but what have you done to make it easier to, to balance as best you can those two um, demands on who you are so that they're not in conflict?
0: Well, they are in conflict a lot in my house. (laughs) Um, because I have four children in different stages. and I yes. think I think recognizing that I cannot do it all has mm-hmm. been a really big thing for me, that I have to let go of certain things, that maybe my house cleanliness bar is slightly lower, that mm-hmm. I have given up on random habits or random um, like we gardened for a couple summers. and I'm like, nope, I, I don't have to garden only I can be the mom to my kids but anybody else can garden. it mm-hmm. um just recognizing that I needed to let go of certain things and mm-hmm. also that I have to be disciplined when I'm trying to work that I can't fritter away my time and that's something that I still have to I'm not good at it yet like yeah. I'm still working on okay what am I going to do and only do that and certainly there are some you know Apps that could lock you out of social media that are helpful, and Mm -hmm. or airplane mode, or all different things. But it's a conscious; it has to be a conscious
1: choice to just focus. Well, and it can be hard sometimes to transition on a dime to go from I was this now I got to focus on work, and so that's a challenge. I think one of the best pieces of advice that a, a friend gave me, another mom friend, was that. Um, instead of looking at things big picture, look at things in seasons. Like your gardening, this year we will not garden. Next yep. year we can revisit it. And to when when I was starting to break it down into those smaller seasons, it was less frustrating because I could say, okay, well, for the summer we have no naps, and in the fall we're going to institute a quiet time, you know, or something where it's always changing. But I think that's one of the fallacies of life. Anyways, we think that there's normal. And there isn't, there's just life and it comes, (laughs) it's always changing. So I totally
0: agree. And, and that's what I was trying to say about like, just recognizing that that balance is always going to be shifting. That it's not like I finally figured it out. It's more like I'm just making it through this season in this way. And then it will start over again as the seasons
1: change. Yes. Yes. That's that is good perspective and good advice. Um, I was going to ask you when you added in education and courses and products, but it sounds like you did that pretty early on in your business. Is that, so that
0: um So my photography business, I didn't really have a name. Maybe I just used my own name as my photography business. But when I was ready, I wanted to start a blog, like right when blogging was brand new. I was like, this is cool. And I need a creative outlet at the time because I had a small baby and I was like, I need something that is mine. And I knew I wanted to start a blog and I I started to put these pieces together that how, how long had people been asking me, how do you use your camera? How do I do that? Can you show me how, can we meet at the park and take pictures together so you can teach me how to move these dials. And I recognized this need and this gap because at the time all of the blogs that were out there about photography were very techie male oriented mm-hmm. yeah. and I wanted something that had examples that was for moms. That the example wasn't when you're taking a picture of the night skyline in New York, but it was like yeah. if you're trying to get a blurry or a, a sharp picture of your kid playing baseball. Yeah. And so like I recognized a need and I was like I am ready to fill that need. I could do that. And so I did start as a kind of a lifestyle blog slash photography education. And I'm not really a blogger anymore. I'm much more of a
1: a photography educator. Okay, that's great. Um, So speaking of education, for the mom who is listening, who let's say she just has a phone, but she's not confident taking pictures, what are some basic principles maybe that she can keep in mind so she can start to practice taking pictures and get comfortable doing it with her kids?
0: I would say the very first thing is to pay attention to where the light is, because that will make the biggest difference in your images, is where are you, like with the camera, in relationship to the light, in relationship to your subject? Because if the light is behind them, that's called backlighting. And that has a different look than if the light is on the front of their face, or if it's on the side of their face. And depending how strong the light is, that super strong light might also create really distracting, ugly shadows, or maybe it's a good time of day and it has the definition you want. And so paying attention to the light and where you choose to put your subject and choose to kind of point your camera, that will make the biggest difference no matter what type of camera you have. Okay. Because you just like, you don't have to Take a, you know, so so often I think we're just kind of lazy in a way where we just say, oh, we're standing here. Let's just take a picture here. Whereas taking 30 more seconds to say, hey, let me look around me and notice that that place has really even shade instead of those strange spotty shade from the leaves on their face. Or if we just twist 90 degrees, this picture will be better. I think that alone could make the biggest difference in most of your pictures.
1: Okay, that's that's good advice. That's really good. Um, And the lazy part is good because a lot of times I'm like, well, I'm sitting here, so I'll take it from here. But you're right. If I just would move, (laughs) I'd have a better picture.
0: (laughs) And I think also um, with where you hold your camera, that can also be so often. I notice, especially with young kids, we are standing, taking a picture that kind of points down at them on the floor. And that's not a super flattering angle especially for small children that are already small already because it messes with all their proportions. And so like the smaller the child is, the lower you probably need to be. Like when I shoot kids, I'm, you know, laying on the floor, kneeling, squatting all the time because I'm trying to get their eye level. And that totally changes what the background's going to look like. And it keeps your pictures interesting instead of all all of them kind of being the same of your phone in an adult's hand shooting down at your kids. And it's the same angle on all of your camera roll.
1: Yeah. And you're probably actually capturing what your mind remembers of that child in that moment more so that way than if you take it from standing up, even though we see it from up above, I think somehow it doesn't always translate what we see with our eyes. And that's part of the, the art of camera, you know, For sure. camera it's
0: much more. Um, it's usually a much more inviting picture if yeah. you are at that, the subject's eye level.
1: Yeah, those are great. Two great principles. So, the lighting and the perspective, the level um, of taking the picture. So, the beauty of digital is that we can take a lot of pictures uh, in order to end up with that perfect one. Unlike back in the days of film, where you're like, I only have 36 pictures for this weekend, you know, (laughs) I got to use them well. Um, But it is really easy to take the picture to take all those pictures and then do nothing with them. And before long, we have hundreds and thousands of pictures on our phone. Do you have any quick tips on editing, purging, organizing pictures so that we can use what we have?
0: Yeah. Um, I would like to preface this by saying that it's even worse when you're a photographer and you take lots more pictures. <laughs> um, but I think having a couple of things in place, I think when you put your ca- sorry when you put your photos on your computer having a file structure don't just drop them all your on your desktop and it says you know your child's name and now it's got five years worth of pictures um have a, a yearly folder with monthly folders if you need to and write you know the date and basic facts you know beach day with cousins or whatever it is so that you can find those pictures later um On your phone, I highly recommend culling your pictures as often as you can, in the sense of if you took six pictures trying to get a smile, figure out which one that smile is and delete the rest. Mm -hmm. Or if you took a burst mode picture um, on your phone, you know, go pick the one you want. And if it's not good enough to be the one you want, you definitely shouldn't be keeping that picture. Mm -hmm. Um, So cull often. And if that means every night you got to spend 10 minutes in bed calling, especially like on a vacation or something that's worth doing so that you're not overwhelmed later. That said, I'm not great at doing that consistently, but I try and I think it's worth trying. Um, There's a couple really good products that can help you get your pictures off of your camera or off of your phone. Like chat books will automatically print your pictures and that's really useful to kind of get them at least off off your device and into your kids hands because too often they don't even see the cute pictures of themselves. (laughs) Um, But I think just trying to, I think it's totally fine to practice and take lots of pictures. But one of the necessary steps is also learning from what you took and going back through them to see what made them better so that you actually learned from that and not just shot a bunch
1: yes that's good i i did work as a professional organizer years ago and i would often say sentiment grows stronger with time and the longer we wait to throw out the school picture or the painting they drew or whatever the harder it is to get rid of it because if they drew a picture today i can throw it away today because they can do another one tomorrow but if i have 40 of these and they're now 35 years old I can't throw any of them away because they'll never do it again. And I think it's the same with the pictures. If we can call them and get rid of them closer to the moment, it's a whole lot easier to let go. than if we wait until their wedding day (laughs) and go, I've got to figure this all out. So
0: that's a really good point. I had not thought about it that way, but I totally agree that it's easier in the moment to be like, Oh, that one is the perfect, you know, That one exemplifies how happy they were that day or today and to let the others go. So
1: that's a good point. Well, I know you've got some great resources on your website, including um, some cheat sheet cards, which I ordered and they're phenomenal. So um, if you if you want to get started with a phone, you've got to order her her cheat sheet cards because they will help you with the settings and understanding all of it. Um, So why don't you tell us, you know, what moms can find at your website, what some of your resources are there?
0: So my website is snaphappymom.com, and I have some blog posts with free tips and tutorials. And then I also have a shop page that has some courses that I'm working on. Sorry, It has some courses and also working on some more courses um, because I've grown as a course creator and I'm ready to do some more um, all-encompassing courses, maybe is the better word, and more... Um, advanced courses. And then I also have my cheat sheets, which is probably my biggest seller. And um, for the video, these are like three by four inch plastic cheat sheets they're on like plastic the way like gift cards would be and they're on a ring and they've got all these super handy charts and images that say oh this goes this way and that goes this way and here's how you get more light and here's how you get less light or here's how you make it sharper or brighter or more blurry in the background because those things are honestly hard to remember like I vividly remember struggling through that. And so this is the resource that I wish had existed when I was learning how to use my camera. And they come with like a carabiner that you can hook onto your camera bag and have with you. I actually also have two sets and I actually have them in two colors. I have this bright, happy set. And then if you are anti-pink or just prefer a more classic look, <laughs> have a, a marble set as well, which is the same content between the two colors. But then there's a technical set, which is the DSLR camera set. And that has all of those technical things and they're not brand specific. So I, where needed, I mentioned, this is the word Nikon uses. This is the word Canon uses, but the the foundations are the same for no matter what type of camera you're using. And then I also have a lighting and composition set because any kind of camera, you can take better pictures just by paying attention to that lighting, the perspective, the composition, how to work with kids and encourage them to to smile or have authentic reactions. And so they're meant to go hand in hand as like a technical um, a technical product that helps you as well as an artistic or a creative product that helps you because you kind of, you need both. You can yes. turn the camera inside out and still take rather boring pictures. If you can't think about the light and where you want to be shooting from.
1: Yes. Yes. And they are, they're excellent. They're very well done. So I really do encourage people to get They've them. helped A lot of people. Oh, good, good. Well, our time is running short. Um, and there's one question <laughs> I ask every guest. And it's a little more fun because I'm a gadget girl. I like the right tools and tricks and all those things. But what is your favorite time saving gadget? Or maybe it's even a photography related gadget.
0: So I've been thinking about this since you gave me this prompt. And I have a lot of ideas. But my two top things that I think apply to the listeners are buy yourself some 10 foot iPhone charging cables, because Mm -hmm. All the time, you're gonna lay in bed, and maybe you need to lay in bed and cold that day's pictures, and you can do that with a really long charging cord that <laughs> you can't with the lame three foot charging cord that Apple sent you. Yes. Um, or for Android, they also come in long sizes as well. And then the other thing is that I have a loopy case on my phone, and so it's a plastic case, and it comes with this silicone silicon loop on the back and it's called a loopy and let me tell you i used to drop my phone all the time and i almost never drop my phone now that i have this case like i will never buy another case it comes in tons of fun colors and loops and stuff but literally when I got my new phone I did not open it until my loopy case came in the mail because I was like I know I will drop it without this handy dandy super soft like loop that keeps it on your fingers and if you're trying to carry something you can flip it around to the back and it is like I will I will never have another phone case so I feel like that is the type of um recommendation
1: you want for something. Absolutely. Yes. Uh, Yes. Well, Meg, how can people connect with you?
0: uh, So my website is snaphappymom.com. And I'm on social media as snap happy Meg. And I'm also working on a YouTube channel that hopefully will be a little bit more up and running by the time this uh, posts. So you can find me on YouTube too.
1: And you have a discount code and an opt-in offer you want to make. I
0: do. So if you order my cheat sheets, there's a coupon code that Jen will post on the show notes. And I it's set up as it's called this mom. Sorry. Is that right? This mom, mom, (laughs) I forgot for a second. And so that has a percentage off the cheat sheet cards that you can get on my website. I also have an opt-in, just a PDF that you can sign up for. And there's a link. And it's just like a seven or eight page PDF that talks about some really basic things that you can do to take a better picture of your kids every single time. So I talk a little bit more about how to use that light and about composition and just any kind of camera, how to start taking some of those first steps to taking better pictures.
1: Excellent. Well, thank you so much for your time, for being with us today, and uh, I look forward to uh, to people sending in their pictures and how they've <laughs> they've improved. I'd love to see that. Thanks for joining me today. There were some great resources shared, and you can find links to those as well as a transcript of today's episode at thismomknows.com podcast. While you're there, grab your copy of five simple things you can do today to eliminate distractions.